Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today we're going to talk a handful of game news as well as some gears, tactics, and other things we've been playing. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe as little as $1 a month to help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. And as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can give us your Twitch money and your Prime subscription if you want. That would be sweet. If not, it's cool. We totally understand. But if anything, please do follow us on there because it would be great to see that... uh, you know, people like to see us on Twitch and whatnot, too. We do stream every once in a while, too, games and stuff. So it's good to follow us to see when we do that. Um, other than that, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes. Uh, hearty congratulations to the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys as they celebrate their 100th episode, which is going to be out very soon. They talk about their top 10 horror movies of all time, and I think some people wrote in as well. So please go check that out. I'm sure it's going to be a great time. And uh, make sure you tweet at them or email them or whatever to let them know that uh, that you're glad they made it to 100. That's an awesome achievement. Um, yeah, that that seemed to come up fast. Yeah, well, I think they counted a bunch of bonus episodes and things like that too, and, mm. and that's reasonable. So they, you know, they they done a great job over there. So congratulations, guys. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, and. Uh, Westworld is finished for the season. We have our final recap out on the feed right now, but I believe John is going to join Nick and I to talk about the season as a whole this week. Yes. So that will be coming out later this week, probably Tuesday night or sometime on Wednesday. Please check for that uh, if you are so inclined. should be an interesting discussion because there are some differing opinions about the season of Westworld. Yes, very much. Very much so. <laughs> And I can't remember what what who who just joined us in the chat. Um, what's his name? Sidze? Her name. Or Sid- I don't. I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I think she's some, um, uh, some some form of European Norwegian ish. Sidze Esbeck. Yes. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. If I if I butchered that, I'm so sorry. I don't um, know if they listen to game nerds. But or, their or not, their but input I, on the on the channel, like I mean, they wrote this enormous amount of stuff mm-hmm. that just like made so much sense to me, and just made me think that you and Nick are probably just like, no, this season was terrible. <laughs> I was gonna, I didn't, I haven't read all of it yet, but I was gonna chime in because I saw your comment. I was like, I think my brother would like to hear your podcast more than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's too late for me to see what's been said. Because for some reason it was showing up as like grayed out, which in most channels on my Discord means nobody said anything. So I was like, oh, I guess nobody's been talking about Westworld. And then I looked in there one day and I'm like, oh shit. You may have muted it because mostly, there, there are times yeah. where I've like blown it up. Like, because I was behind a day or two, I think, for one of the seasons. Yeah. And that was why, but I've been watching it like the, the night of every time. John and Nick I'm, and I have been discussing quite a bit, but I'm very anyway, current. that's all in our Discord. Please check it out if you uh, if you become a Patreon donor. Yeah, if, you, if you join Patreon, you get to talk to us like our that's other true. cool friends. I will drop everything at the drop of a hat to come and talk to the people who pay us to be in their Patreon. So, and I will drop most things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's fair. 
But other than that, uh, I will start first with what I've been playing uh, because it's fun. And I I tried playing Last of Us again to prep prep for Last of Us 2 coming out shortly here. And I still, like, I don't know. It, here's, here's part of my issue with games in general and becoming a father is that I see myself having to pick them up and put them down, like, all the time. And... I feel like I like I've, I'm only a few hours into The Last of Us, and I feel like I need to start over again <laughs> because I don't remember any of the controls, and I'm I'm at the point where I have to fight that uh, bloater in the gym at the school. If anybody remembers that, God, and I remember I, for the all. life of me, I can't beat that damn thing because I can't seem to run away from it fast enough, or like the gun, the aiming in that game is just something else. So. I- I remember really enjoying that game, but I played through it relatively quickly, which I feel like is the only way to do it. You definitely don't want to set it up and like try to pick it up again a month later. Yeah, like just you like did. Sit, sit down and just do it and be done. I remember the beginning and the end, though. They're just yeah. very memorable, and that's like all you really need to remember. Okay. I was I was planning on watching like a recap of the main game and then playing the DLC that I never played because I know it's kind uh, of yeah. a separate story and it's included in the the remaster. So I yeah, unfortunately, I don't quite think for some reason I just fell off of restarting that game and um and I'm hoping that doesn't bode poorly for the new game. Like maybe I'm just uh not ready to play those types of games anymore i don't know i have no idea what it could be but um no i i i want to at least refresh myself on some of the finer story points and and check out that dlc because i know people said it was very very good so yeah i just like i i want to play last of us 2 because i like everything about the story in these Mm -hmm. games and it's definitely the kind of game where normally i would just sit and watch someone else play it but I don't just want to just I don't I don't want to just recap it on the internet like I feel like that's doing myself a disservice so I actually want to play it, um, but I just I have a lot of difficulty with the controls I guess. Uh, other than that, uh, Megan and I played some more Snipper Clips last night, which is a classic uh, Nintendo Switch game for two to four people. If you haven't played it yet, it's amazing. Um, great little puzzler launch title for the switch. Yeah. It's a great little puzzler. It's fantastic. It's Mm -hmm. so much fun and so interesting and so frustrating all in one. Um, (laughs) we've done everything. Like we've played every level except there are two in the science lab set of, of like puzzles that we cannot figure out. So we tried doing that for a few hours, <clears throat> ended up getting super frustrated, and I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. Let's find something else to play. And she was like, do you have any other two-player games? And I'm like, not really. Like, we can try Mario Maker. So I made her play Mario Maker so she could play through my level uh, uh, minor <laughs> frustration. She was like, this is stupid. It, she, I hate you for making this. She was impressed that somebody actually beat David Steele's record, and it uh. was it was like 13 seconds or something what? like that. Yeah, that like they like beat my level in 13 seconds, which I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> like, um, so Dave, if you're if you're listening to this, man, you go. Uh, you need to get back on the throne, bro. I'm impressed. Someone else played it. Like, Actually, who wants to play a game a level with that name? It has it has over two hundred sixty something runs and or actually it's like over three hundred some odd runs. Two hundred sixty of them are completed runs, and only 
Yeah, it was or no, like the percentage is like sixty three percent completion or something like that. But hmm. um, wait, was it yours or Alex's where you had to pick up all the coins? That, that was, was Alex's. <laughs> okay, the Alex's is the one I hate. <laughs> That's the one that didn't get deleted for it's being just, a podcast promotion. It's super I tedious. I what did I call it? Isn't that called tedious or something? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> tedium. Yeah, a, a T- statement by Alex from the Midwest Game Nerds. Tedium infinium. <laughs> um. So, anyways, we got we did that real quick. I showed her that there's like millions of other levels that we could download, and we both kind of were like, "Nah, that's just too much work." So I downloaded Overcooked and we started playing that, which is still a, f- a fun game to play. Super simple, uh, but can become extremely chaotic very fast. And uh, so we we were playing that for a bit and got super frustrated and decided maybe this wasn't our night to be playing video <laughs> games together. <laughs> I we over Overcooked can do that to a couple. I know uh, Nicole and I had a similar experience with it when we first started playing it. Um, but I also, I think, um, that moving out game is on game pass for, for the console. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I want to try that out sometime. I don't know if it'll be, I'm hoping that one, because you don't necessarily have like a full process to follow of like, here's how you cook things. I'm wondering if that one will be just a little bit more accessible. Well, it is like they, they did change it. It looked like in the preview movie that they show, like you do have to Tetris things into the truck properly. Okay. And there's different levels where like there's like a spaceship or like UFO level where everything is like rounded, so you have to like two people pick things up and have to rotate it around like surfaces to get it out the door the right way and things like that. Like whoa. Okay, this made, sounds like my game. <laughs> they've made it way more complicated uh than what we originally saw at like PAX, but it's uh yeah, I, I considered picking that up because it was newer. Mm-hmm. But I I watched the video and I was like I already know how to play Overcooked to some extent, so I don't want to like just dive into something headfirst without having any clue of how it works exactly. Yeah. So I was like, "Well, just get Overcooked and play that one." <laughs> so we enough. played that, got equally frustrated, and decided it was time to go to bed. So, but yeah, that's that's all. Oh, I did play. I did play Chimera Squad too. Uh, also, uh, the XCOM Chimera Squad that is very mm-hmm. cool. It, the uh, the breach aspect of that is very sweet. That's one of the the cooler things uh, I've seen in a, in a tactical strategy game of sorts. So that that's a game. Uh, it's cheap enough. I think everybody should probably steal it on Steam. I'm pretty sad because the ten dollar the half off price disappeared on May first, and I did not pick it up before that. It's now twenty dollars, which is still not that much. And, and from what yeah. I've heard from you guys and from other podcasts, I feel like I would probably enjoy it. Even more than I enjoy other XCOM, but um, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. I'm at 13 hours, and I'd say I've got at least another six before I finish the campaign. Nice. So it's twenty dollars would still be worth it. But between that and the fact that Gears is free on Game Pass, yeah, I'm, well, it, you know, it's kind of hard for me to be like, eh, I could play, I could spend twenty dollars, or I could play this game that I already have. I would so. say, yeah. Honestly, Gears Tactics um, levels go by pretty quick, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can finish one in, like, 15, 20 minutes, I would say. So Yeah, we'll talk uh, about that more in a bit. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what else have you guys been playing? Played a lot of Rainbow Six last night. How'd that per, go? Per usual. It was pretty cool. 
the the uh, they have an event going this week mm. that's pretty wild. Um, what was what's it called? The Grand Larceny. Oh yeah, it's like an old timey kind of take on the original um, Hereford base level. Okay. Um, except they took out a bunch of beams or made them destructible in like the floor. So all the floors are basically completely destructible if they're soft. That's sweet. Yeah, and, and you can, everybody you can fall has from a the shotgun. Third floor to the to the basement if yeah. there's clear flooring below below you. Yeah, you can kill yourself very easily that way. I've done it many <laughs> times. But yeah, everybody has a shotgun only, and their usual skills. There's no timer for defense to like set up. It, it just starts right away, um, and the attackers are supposed to either wipe out the other team per usual, or um, they can unlock three safes. And I think there's five or six safes. In, I think in there's the six. Level. Yeah. Okay. So there's several to defend as the defenders, but um, it's basically you like holding F to unlock the safe in order to open it up. And if you get three of them, then you win the round. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of fun. It's like, it's really chaotic and just ridiculous. Um, but it's pretty fun to play like two or three of them in a row before, like as a break from playing the regular modes. It was, it was fun. And, and it made me realize why I'm so terrible with the shotgun on PC, which I think is also what you discovered is the fact that like, I, I always want to be aiming down sights, And if you're yeah. aiming down sights with a shotgun in that game, then you're doing yourself a huge disservice <laughs> on PC at least. And so, um, only if you're using like the normal shotguns, if you're using Kaid's shotgun or, yeah. uh, Goyo's shotgun, which are basically sniper shotguns. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, is Kaid even in the event? He is, but his shot, his like his shotgun slug out. shotgun, is swapped out with a regular shotgun of some sort. So there are no slug shotguns in that mode because that would be unfair. But they yeah. do have um, Echo has his supernova shotgun, which I always enjoyed quite a bit. So that was what I was mostly gravitating towards. But um, yeah, it's fun. It, it's very different because it just felt like we were a lot more aggressive in playing that than you are when you normally uh, you normally play a Rainbow Six game. And it seems like there's a lot more opportunities for... There's so many saves in the level that it's hard to keep them all defended well. And like mm-hmm. we, we started trying to like try and make sure as many of them were on one floor as possible, but it's not always possible to do that because there's not always clear flooring below each of them. So it was just kind of fun to play that game in a completely different way. Plus, I like a lot of the skins and things that that they have for that that uh, event yeah. as well. They look really cool. Unfortunately, the only skin I got unlocked is for Warden, which is an operator I never use. Really, me too. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the events that they do for Rainbow are very much like Fortune favors the bold type. Like you have to play them aggressively. Like they're very much engineered that way because I think they know like most people play the the normal game fairly reserved to some extent, except for those (laughs) crazy outliers of people who will play as uh, Amaru and just launch themselves into (laughs) the second floor of every building right away and kill the whole team in 30 seconds. Like, (laughs) You don't see a ton of that, but you you get those events every once in a while. And when you play these these other like side events that they release, like I feel like they almost always ha- they make you kind of play that way. 
it's fun that they changed the fundaments of the game to make you play it very differently with those events. And we were kind of saying, I don't understand why they don't run them for longer than like a couple weeks. I wish that they would always have like a, like a separate mode like those. They should just run those through the whole season or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually don't even know how long that one lasts. I would check it out within the next day or two in case it ends though. Yeah. Right on. What else? Who else has played stuff? Uh, played more. Well, wait. I guess we're talking gears tactics, but I talked yeah. about that last week. I thought, or nope, two weeks, two weeks ago. Yet. It wasn't out yet. Two weeks ago. Um. Okay. <laughs> Did you play anything else? Um. More XCOM Chimera Squad. Like a lot more of that. Um. I've been enjoying that. I've mostly just been switching between that and gears tactics. Lots of, uh, lots of tactics going around. Yeah, that's just what I'm in the mood for. Well, that's good, because there's a wealth of it right now. What uh, What about Streets of Rage? Oh, I figured we were talking about that later. Or should we talk about that right I now? Let's talk about it now, because I figure we're going to do all the games and everything up front, and then we'll do news for the end. Well, and you also are, I think you're the only one that played Streets. John, did you play any Gears or no? I didn't have a chance, no. Okay, I, I played like the opening mission or two, and can talk about it a little bit so start with streets okay um so basically have you guys did you say you have played streets of rage or yes not? we had a genesis so we played like the original streets of rage like one two and three back in i the never day. played streets of rage i i did I I mean, i'm familiar with them the beat em yeah. up style like alex I, said he's he's played the turtles one hyperstone heist yeah i mean it is very much in the same vein as those games it's a beat em up through and through um 2d hand-drawn art like uh old school ish kind of music Uh, there's actually a setting to switch the music to retro mode which i think adds a little more chiptune kind of flavor to it but um otherwise it's kind of like a mix of like synths and live instrumentation and stuff it's very cool the music's awesome um the graphics are great like the artwork fits the old style very well, but looks, you know, more modernized to an extent. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just like really fun. There's, I think four characters to pick from, from the start, but as you play the game and achieve certain things, um, I don't really know exactly what they are, but you unlock old characters from like all the other streets of rage games. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and there's also variations of them. Like you can unlock the original like pixel art versions of them, as well as new hand drawn versions of them. That's sweet. Yeah, um, yeah. I played through the whole game with uh, Jim, but I mean, it's obviously designed for replayability. Um, but it was pretty wild. It's definitely more difficult than the old ones. Like. There's, um, it, it seems simplistic at first, but there's a lot of like combo combos you can do and stuff that, uh, really like the skill ceiling is pretty high. You can keep playing and figuring out new, better ways to beat people up quicker, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> and more effectively, um, is it, is it a max of two or is it four players? It's two players. Okay. And then, so do you feel like there's, um, 
does it just feel like more Streets of Rage? Like, I don't know if much changed between 1, 2, and 3. Probably not back in the day. But do you feel like there's, like, an evolution from 3? Or does it just feel like a kind of a continuation of what it was before? I don't remember 3 very well. Like, if I did play it, it was... It wasn't too much. I played Streets of Rage 2 the most, and that one I, I loved. The first one was okay. Um, I would say it feels very much like those games, but there's like the, I said, there's like an, an element of depth to it that the other ones didn't have that you just okay. don't really notice at first. But as you acclimate to like the new combo system and stuff, you can, uh, yeah, you can you can do well, a lot more. And I assume with, like, modern processing, they're able to throw more things at you at any given time, too. Like, those games were pretty simplistic back in the day. I mean, they were they were the epitome of, like, button mashing. Like, Yeah, I mean, they definitely, they play with the enemy types a bit more and stuff, too, and the bosses. There's some yeah. interesting bosses. Um, and then after you finish the, the main campaign, it unlocks some other modes, like boss attack. And like battle mode, where I, I guess you can fight each other. Um, hmm. I'm not really sure what the boss attack is. I assume it's has something to do with its name, like you keep fighting bosses or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I definitely want to go back and check it out some more. So you were playing it. Did, what, is it on PC Game Pass as well? It is. Yeah. Okay, so it's on both PC mm-hmm. and console Game Pass. That's pretty cool. And each platform. Out. I believe so, yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, I would definitely check it out if you enjoy beat-em-ups once in a while, even a little bit. Yeah, it- I was going to get into it b- before we started recording, but I'll just get into it now. Like I, I, I was just saying that uh, Streets of Rage always felt like a broke-ass final fight to me, which was like the, the Super Nintendo version <laughs> of Streets of Rage, um, <clears throat> which I... I don't know why, but like it always, it always seemed like like Nintendo had this like uh, what? How do I want to phrase it? This this like air of like superiority over like Sega and Genesis well, at yeah. that time, and so like it just felt like all these games were just kind of like washed up versions of like the the Nintendo versions, and uh, I like I never was a huge fan of Streets of Rage, but I played the hell out of some Final Fight, man, and I think a lot of it dealt with. Like Final Fight had graphics that were very similar to like Street Fighter Two, and I really liked those like anime characters. So like Streets of Rage didn't really like feel that way to me, but the the new artwork for the new Streets of Rage like looks very like updated, like it looks very cool. Like it would yeah. if if that's how it looked back in the day, I probably would have been all over it to some extent. So it looks better than <clears throat> Discount Final Fight. Yeah, exactly. The Discount Final Fight. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I loved a lot of those beat 'em up games. The one that the ones that I remember most are the licensed ones, like you said. The Hyperstone Heist was always great for me. I know people like to hail Turtles in Time, but we didn't really have we didn't have the Super Nintendo when I was growing up. Yeah, um, Double Dragon, like that stuff. Double mm-hmm. Dragon for sure. But uh, uh, the Power Rangers games, several Power Rangers games were very beat 'em up based, and then they would, like, move into, like, a kind of more like a fighting game when you got to, like, the, the Zord battle at the end of the level, which is kind of a cool way to do it, but, um, you know, those those have always been fun to me, and, and so I don't know why I wouldn't like it, but I'm kind of like, why isn't this a Turtles game? 
I actually finished Turtles in Time in the arcade because I didn't have a Super Nintendo either, but I loved that game. <laughs> nice. I wonder, like, if if Streets of Rage was like brought back because of like the Battletoads game that's still kind of in production. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who owns Streets of Rage and who made this new one and who made the old ones, but um, I have to wonder, like. It feels like one of those properties that's old enough that it's had a very like weird past. So it just seems like they're see. the people behind it are probably our age, and they saw that Battletoads thing like get announced like three years ago, and they were like, "Oh, we should do this for like another franchise." And then they they were like, "Oh, nobody's talking about Streets of Rage, so let's do that." And then they just yeah. like went and did it. You know, that's entirely possible. Entirely so. possible. Um. All right. Well, before we get into any gears, uh, I'll go through the same games that I played last week. Uh, Animal Crossing is still great. I made like $2.5 million on the stock market and paid off a bunch of loans. That was awesome. Not great. That sounds Has, terrible. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, ha- yeah, I have not, have not progressed. Like there's not right now at this point, it's just kind of like, I don't know, making stuff look cool or however you want to do it. It got to the point in the game where after you get the quote unquote credits, um, you get you get the ability to start like terraforming and you can like change mm-hmm. land masses and move around rivers and like create ponds and things like that so we haven't really experimented with too much of that yet but i feel like that's coming pretty soon um so that'll be fun and then um final fantasy i played maybe another like five or six hours or so i haven't had as much time to play games uh these past couple of weeks but um Still very, very good. I'm kind of in the last, like, open hub of the game where there's a bunch of side quests to do, so I was wrapping up a bunch of those before I go on to finish finish the story. I think I maybe have three or four chapters left. Um, but still enjoying it quite a bit. I have felt the difficulty ramp up a little bit. It's a little bit harder than... Um, what I was making it sound like previously, but I also feel like it might just be me getting a little lazy with trying to figure out how to take advantage of staggering the monsters a little better and using their weaknesses against them. So, uh, but I'm still having fun with that. Excited to see where it goes. Still not at the point where I know some of the diehards were very unhappy with it, but curious to see what that ends up being. So, um, but yeah, other than that, I, played the opening bits of of gears tactics which i think we can talk about now um it's only on pc right now right i'm not sure i'm pretty sure it's pc only which has me a little bit scared for the future because i was assuming i'd be able to play all the microsoft games on both i mean that seems a bit odd to me too because they they have a controller scheme built into it yeah uh let me let me make sure that's true um, but I'm pretty certain that it's at least right now only on, it's on Windows 10 and Steam, according to the Xbox Interesting. Website. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not coming for Xbox at some point. Um, but yeah, that's all that they have listed it for on Xbox.com. So, I mean, the Wikipedia says Xbox One. <clears throat> it does, yeah, it does, I I was looking at the two, but from from Microsoft's actual website for Xbox, it literally just says oh yeah, it's here. Steam an Xbox it. One version is in development with an unspecified release date. Yeah, that's so it's kind of weird to me. It seems like it's ready for that, but um. Anyway, 
so this is Gears Tactics. From what I understand, it takes place prior to all of the other games. Yeah. Even Judgment? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure where Judgment took place. I don't I don't know where Judgment takes place, but I, I'm assuming this is a prequel to everything, based okay. on what happens in the game. Um, But, um, yeah, so from my understanding, I think you're kind of playing as a character who's related to somebody from Gears 5, related to the main character from Gears 5, um, and also, like, you'll be running into other people scattered across the Gears chronology, uh, which should be interesting as somebody who hasn't played through any of the Gears games. <laughs> but it's very much a, a tactics game. Um, you are controlling characters on the field. You have three actions that you can do with them each turn. Those can be all three minimum. movements. Yeah, at least a minimum of three actions. You can gain more actions by doing basically glory kills uh, or like killing downed enemies um, with the with melee. But um, yeah, it it it's pretty straightforward tactics from what I understand, and it controls very nicely on the PC. Um, and I've been using mouse and keyboard. Have you used any of the controller stuff, Brian? No, I, I just noticed it was an option. Which yeah. made me think that it, there was an Xbox version. There's really no be, reason why you couldn't play it on a controller. Yeah, it's not like an RTS or something. I don't even know why they wouldn't. Like, I don't know why they would hold it back for like a Series X launch or something like that. Especially, but who knows? Who knows I, what's going on with it? I mean, um, ray tracing could make the game look very pretty. It already true. looks really good. It does look very good. I was kind of surprised that I was able to max it out, even though I have like a 2080 Super. I was still kind of expecting it to be like, nope, uh, we'll put it on, you know, okay settings or something like that. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Medium Ultra. I didn't get too deep into it, but it seems like it's even hooking me enough to the point where I'm like, I could see myself playing more of this because I do want a tactics game to play right now. Like, I don't have... I don't know what kind of disservice I'm doing myself by not knowing much about the stories of the original games. Like I said, I'm sure there are characters that I'll run into that I won't really... It'll be like if I'm watching an episode of Entourage where they're they're running into, like, (laughs) sports stars that I have no idea who they are. And, like, everybody else who watches that show is like, oh, my God, it's, you know, Marshawn Lynch, who I know from Westworld. But, like, you know, what do I care? But anyway, but if so it wasn't for Westworld, you would have no idea yeah, who Marshawn no, Lynch was. Who is that? True. He's a football He's a fo- player. <laughs> he played giggles in, in season three of Westworld. But anyway, um, but no, it seems like a very straightforward uh, tactics game. And, and I it, I feel like and Brian, you'll have to speak to this a little bit, but I feel like they're doing pretty good service to some of the monsters of the gears, like translating the monsters to behave in a similar way from the original game oh yeah uh, in in like a tactics setting like there's people who rush you there's people who take cover that type of thing so what are your thoughts on it brian well yeah they've translated the whole like gears franchise over very faithfully like the even down to the mechanics of how like you execute enemies and stuff executions are have been a part of gears since the beginning but yeah. like actually giving you a reward for for doing something like that is awesome. Like um, a lot of the stuff in the skill tree that I've found so far 
The skill trees are different for each type of class, by the way. Okay. Um, it's like a branching skill tree. You start in the middle and you can go in like four different direct or two different directions, and then they branch out up or down. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, kind of a weird tree, I guess. Um, anyways, like some of the skills will reward you with an extra action for a successful execution and stuff like that. So that's what I mean by like, it rewards your aggressive play. Like the, the more aggressive you play, the more actions you get and the more health you can get. Cause you can also like heal people by doing executions and stuff like that too. Um, but yeah, that that's all like stuff that is part of the Gears franchise. And like the fact that your loadout contains a sidearm is mm-hmm. is cool. That's like a good nod to Gears cuz Gears you always carried like well, it was like two weapons and a sidearm, I think. Or no, one one weapon and a sidearm and a grenade and so that was that's cool. Well, and it's interesting to me that the sidearm is what they give you to kind of... They have a specific skill on the sidearm to disable Overwatch from the enemy players. I actually didn't notice that. That's cool. I think that... I I, I don't necessarily know what it does any differently, but like it's basically if you land a successful hit, then it will definitely knock them out of Overwatch. The other thing I will say about Overwatch, it's fun because you get to set the cone of how far your Overwatch extends. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's really interesting because normally it's like in XCOM, it's like you go into Overwatch and it's like if anything is within this area of me, then I will attack them because the you know I recognize the motion or whatever. But the the way that it works in this, it's a little bit more of a limited cone, but you get to be very selective about like okay, I only want this guy to attack people who come from this corner, and I only want this guy to attack people who come from this corner because that way. You're not necessarily wasting an Overwatch activation on the same character twice. But can yeah. you can you extend the length of the cone too, or no? Yeah, y- yeah, that's really know, cool. Two, there's a maximum length, of course. Yeah. Well, and I also assume that the further out you extend it, the less accurate you're going to become if they activate it from further away as well. So there's like a trade-off of like you can have a little yeah. bit more coverage and stop them a little bit sooner, but you won't necessarily get the killing blow on them because yeah. they're a little bit too far to the percentages actually drop off pretty quickly too like the percentage of hitting i've noticed it 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 seems to uh like play into um like damage drop off more and, and than like xcom games do and accuracy yeah. like the further away a target is the less likely you are to hit it the less likely you are to do like crits it seems yeah so. but also it doesn't necessarily seem like the i like i had i didn't have anything yet where it was like i have a 90 percent chance to hit but i still miss so <laughs> so the percentages like are probably more accurate you're saying yeah they are that's cool it's it's a little bit less of a dice roll, yeah because it, it sucks when you're in xcom and you're literally a like a two two squares away from an enemy like and mm-hmm. it says like 98 percent, and then you magically somehow you hit the 2%. miss and you're like what the fuck <laughs> like how is that even possible that's part of the charm of XCOM. But I, I was going to say, like, because in Chimera Squad, they added the cone for Overwatch 2. Yeah. Mm. But it also, okay. it in it goes, um, 
I don't think there's, it has a limited distance, but you can also do multiple floors. Like you can do between a top floor and a bottom floor. Like, Oh, interesting. So <laughs> that, that's, that, that was a, a, a different change up for the overwatch in, in XCOM. I, I much, I mean, it's definitely appreciated too. Like from a, when you're on like the attacking side against the other team and they're using overwatch because like then you have an idea like where they're overwatching yeah. and like where you can actually flank targets like some XCOM uh, enemy unknown and XCOM two. I swear like these people's heads were like in the exorcist, you know, they just like turn 360 degrees and shoot you like how, how would they even know you're behind them? You know, it it's, feels like a much more realistic, uh, uh, depiction and use for Overwatch. yeah exactly and yeah. it allows for like real flanking maneuvers that actually make sense yeah. um, I have one unit in gears that she can actually cloak and that's oh, nice. super cool because you can just like straight up sneak up on people um, yeah it's it's pretty cool I wish there was like a little more variety in the weapons and the like the mods and stuff. I mean, they're pretty straightforward. Like, you know, gives plus 10% to accuracy and whatever. And a couple of them here and there have like a passive skill they'll give you. It's just, a, it's a little more dry, like than playing like an XCOM game. You get, yeah. you know, cool mind control abilities and stuff, but it's a gears game. Alien like, yeah, yeah, there's only so much you can do. Um, the other thing that is a little weird it, that I wasn't necessarily used to is the idea that you need to reload your weapons, which is not something that at least I had experienced in XCOM. It, you like have you to reload in XCOM, too. Really? Yeah, yeah it's always some been of those part longer of fights, or if you have a character that you tend to favor for attacking, like you'll always have to like reload at some point. So you end, well, up, then, you end like, up wasting in, a turn like reloading your gun. So in in gears it burns an action, one of your three actions in a turn. But you your weapons usually have four four bursts worth of ammo that they have in them before you have to reload. Yeah. So it seems like it's it's a much more fre- frequent occurrence. At least maybe I was democratized enough in XCOM that I didn't run into it that much when I was playing it back in the day. But uh, it does it feel it feels a little bit different and it, it changes up the rhythm a little bit. The one thing that I wish was a little bit different. And maybe there's a setting I can change. I don't know. Um, I I didn't dig into the menus too much, but it feels like the di- like it'll tell you before you move if you're going to burn two points to move to a particular location. But I wish there was a little bit more clarity about like what those rings of movement are. You know, like mm-hmm. not that you can't just hover your mouse over to it and make sure you're only going to spend one point, but it's like, could I go a little bit further with this one point than what I'm thinking or things like that? But honestly, I think I'd get used to it pretty quickly if, as I play more. So, yeah, yeah I don't feel like it's much of an issue once you get used to the game personally, but, um, how, yeah, do you, how do you feel about the story as somebody who, who knows more about gears? Than uh, me? I find the characters to be a bit lacking. They're, they're not very, charismatic compared to the old ones or the original characters in the Gears franchise. Um, well, and how about comparing that to even Chimera Squad right now, which feels a lot more character-based? Yeah, it definitely it lacks some life, yeah. I feel. But um, I don't know. It might get more interesting. There's enough of a story there to, to make me want to keep going, you know? 
Mm-hmm. But um, I just I feel like it's just kind of there to service the gameplay and not really the other way around or anything. I mean, I guess that's how it was in Gears in general. <laughs> like, <laughs> but the the Gears stories had some dramatic moments and like some aha moments and like I don't know, just interesting things happened in the Gears games, especially the yeah. newer ones. Four and five had stepped up the story g- game quite a bit for that franchise. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's fine. Were the um were the like life grenades a thing in the other Gears games at all? Not that I recall. That's been stolen the, from the division. Yeah, I think <laughs> well, so. Yeah, D- Diaz, the main character, at least right now in the in the early scenes, was equipped with like a life grenade that you could throw to heal people, which I think is a pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool way to. I think that's just a necessary that. thing you have to add to to a tactics kind of game like that. Yeah, give you some way to recover some life at least and mm-hmm. uh, to do it at a distance like that I think is pretty sweet, but yeah. And also, yeah, they stole it from the division probably. That's fair. Any other thoughts on Gears? Um Yeah, not really. It's cool to me that they're taking it in this direction too. Like I don't for some reason, Gears has just been one of those things to me that I was like, I would like to check that out someday. And I just never have, even though like basically all of the games are free to me with Game Pass right now. It doesn't have any micromanagement, and, does it? No. Well, I mean, there's like no base, base building, like base. Okay. but yeah. you can extensively like customize your stuff. armor and stuff like that. That's and, that's different. I mean, and I, weapons. I've said it in the past, like, my biggest gripe with XCOM is having to deal with the base building stuff, and, like, Chimera Squad doesn't have, like, that exactly. Like, your base is established, but you still have to research to, like, unlock new armors and things like that. Yeah. And weapons and other technology, like, up, you know, increase the effectiveness of, like, your drones and shit like that, but it's not, um... Like, it's not as, as extensive as, like, XCOM mm-hmm. 1 is. And, like, I'm not... I just... I don't like that stuff. I like... For me, like, if we go back to, like, Final Fantasy Tactics or even further back to, like, Shining Force where you have these tactical strategy games yeah. where, like, you... You're literally just jumping from battle to battle. And, like, the story's mm-hmm. kind of told in between in, like, cutscenes. Or, like, in Shining Force, like, you would go to the next town and you would talk to the, all the villagers and the king in the land or whatever. And then as you exit the town through the, the, the next area to go to the next area, it's another battle. Like I like those because I don't want to deal with the base building crap. Like I want to do the story and I want to do the fights. And so like, I that's, those are what I really enjoy when it comes to those kinds of games. Another game you might want to check out um, that doesn't involve base building and stuff like that. It, uh, Banner Saga. I played I have played through part of the first one. There's three of them now. Yeah, they're all but, on uh, iPad too, aren't they? They have a pretty strong story element to them, but then like it's just like in between, you know, the battles, and the battles are turn based. And yeah, I think they're on Game Pass. Um, so yeah, one of my gaming holy grails is the Shining Force remake that came out for Game Boy Advance. Just so people know that, because they put out a version that came out on Game Boy Advance and like mid 2000s and very low print run kind of hard to find pretty rare but it's just kind of like it's a slight update to the original genesis game and like i don't 
I'm I'm sad that the Shining series doesn't really exist in the form that it used to. Like, there's no reason that Fire Emblem doing well doesn't mean that there couldn't be a Shining Force game that could be really awesome right now. So, well, it was cool because Shining Force was like you had so you had like Final Fantasy and you had Shining Force, and then you had a game like that came out called Suikoden that kind of combined this idea of collecting a million different like people to play as, mm-hmm. and there were these huge technical like tactical battles where if you didn't have the yeah. force built up. Like there, there's so many of these games that like built off of each other that were really, really cool, and I, I just want to see more of those, I guess, uh, in a way. But I like, I like Fire Emblem to a certain extent, but like this specific Fire Emblem, you know, Three Houses or whatever, like there is that bullshit management on the back end that I just like, I don't fucking want that. Like I, yeah, I want to just fight and have the story told to me. I don't want to have to like date all of my students and like (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like especially as a father to be i get it yeah don't make it it weird brian uh yeah i totally i can totally agree with that i think honestly it'd be interesting if they were like here's fire emblem like it, honestly the fire emblems that came out on like gba were what you were talking oh, about dude right? uh, final fantasy tactics advance is like the best yeah. tactical final fantasy game that will ever be made like they will never top that like even in tactics advance 2 was not very good like the first one i have hundreds upon hundreds of hours playing that game <laughs> through college I mean, I like I missed a lot of college classes playing that game. Don't tell mom, because um, I would just sit in the back Happy of the Mother's class Day, and play mom. it. But no, I mean, there were I, I specifically remember a quick anecdote. Uh, being we had taken a test in psychology. It was the psychology ten ten class at Wayne State in Manugian, and they like I took <laughs> I would show up every day and I'd play it on my little pocket SP or whatever, you know. Yep. And yep. I sat with uh, this girl I went to high school with named Wendy and this friend that she had made at Wayne State. And, like, I sat with them every day because they were people that I knew in this, like, huge lecture hall. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would I'd play that game. And we took the test. The first test that we took, they both failed it, like, miserably. <laughs> and like, and I ended up with, like, a C-plus or something like that. And they were just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what? And they're like, all you do is play that stupid video game with those anime characters, like, all day long. And I'm like yeah so and they're like how do you like what is this and i was like i don't know i just learned subliminally i guess i don't it doesn't i don't it doesn't make sense like you're like the people that need to like crochet during their lecture and you just need to play you you need i need something to keep me awake and i will figure out how to learn from that like (laughs) osmosis yeah but anyways yeah we got a whole go ahead I was going to say, we could probably talk about other gaming and school-related stories, but I had a similar class at Wayne State. Not a similar class. It was an engineering class at Wayne State where I almost beat the whole first portal during one class. Period. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I played Pokemon Red like all through Mr. Serpio's English class in high school. and I That's pretty good. I had a girl lose her fucking mind after a test in that class because of that. So I remember that story. <laughs> she was but, very upset. <laughs> Uh, Zach in the chat says, I can't imagine John trying to play Disgaea. Did you ever try to play those games? Uh, I tried the demo for the one that was coming out on Switch, and I did not like it. Yeah. I think it's like Disgaea 5 or something like that. I've always been intrigued by those games, never actually played any of them. I don't know anything about them. I don't even know what kind of game that is. It's it's another like strategy, Japanese strategy RPG Hmm. type game. But anyway... Gears Tactics is cool. If you have Game Pass for PC, you should check it Play out. It. Hopefully it comes out for Xbox soon. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah. Cool. I was. I hopefully I'm gonna stick with it a little bit. I'm trying to get Final Fantasy out of the way at least because it's occupying most of my video game brain power. But yeah, we'll see. Right on. All right. We got a bunch of news. So yeah, we'll move on to some news. Let me let me adjust our stream a little bit here. And uh, you want to start with the Last of Us stuff? Yeah, let's start with that. Um. So shortly after our last episode. Sony came out and announced release dates for The Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, So, Last of Us Part 2 is coming on June 19th, which is maybe... What was the previous date before that? I think they moved it... It it went from, like, the end of March to, like, April, and then it got indefinitely canceled. Not canceled. Indefinitely delayed. Yeah, because of Corona. So now it's coming on June 19th. Um apparently enough time for them to fill up the distribution channels that way. And then it looks like Ghost of Tsushima, which was was originally like mid-June, I think is now coming in July, July 17th. So nice that video games are still coming despite the current yeah. situation. But there was a bunch of other Last of Us news that happened this past two weeks as well. Like um, a bunch of hackers released like major plot points. <laughs> Yeah, so John posted this Forbes piece from Paul Tassi, I believe, talking about how uh, they basically, like, a ton of story points, bullet points, I think even some of the, I think there were some cinematics that were actually released as well. Yep. Um, But a lot of spoilers got put out um, starting, like, two weeks ago, and then eventually Sony figured out that it was a bunch of hackers who did it rather than the story that was being passed around which was like a disgruntled employee supposedly did it which always smelled fishy to a lot of people out there anyway um but yeah well and the reason like that story of it being disgruntled employees seems so fishy is because even though like a lot of these companies like i think jason schreier touched on this uh in the in the new triple click podcast but even though like some of these companies have these very toxic environments that they've created from like crunch and everything, very rarely will anybody involved with the project want to actually ruin it for everyone else who's involved with the project. Like they've invested so much time and effort and creativity into like making this amazing product. They don't want to ruin it for everyone. Like, and and if anybody did, like if anybody like who was working on that team, like legitimately wanted to ruin it from, for everyone. Like, fuck that person. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, fuck sure. this person, whoever they are for yeah. doing this in general. Like who, who gets off on anonymously leaking the end of a game that people have like, want, or the whole story of a game that people have been looking forward to for like I mean, years. I don't know how different of a situation I would really call it, but the, um, the like there's a group of people on reddit that were spoiling game of thrones during production like it it would never actually um like they would be spoiling details from like people spying on the set and getting a hold of scripts and things like that same thing happened with like westworld and things like that but for some reason there's this like subculture on the internet that just loves knowing the spoilers and shitting on things out of context Mm mm-hmm and it feels like this is another case of that. I like I honestly I I don't think these leaks are going to affect their bottom line much anyway. Um 
I have a hard time seeing that because I feel like there's enough people dialed in and enough people that love The Last of Us that they wouldn't even seek this stuff out even if it was widely available to them. But it's still super, super shitty that somebody would basically go and hack this information out of some type of thing. Especially, like, it could could have been them taking advantage of the fact that, like, Naughty Dog needs to work more off-site, and so all of this stuff is more readily available mm-hmm. on some platform for them to be able to distribute to the people that need it to work on it. Like, that blows. So... It's a bummer, but I'm glad the game does have a new release date, and there was a new trailer that came out as well. I didn't watch it. John, did you watch the trailer? I, I did, yeah. It uh, it looks like it's going to be really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited for it still. Like, I, overall, even with some of what we said. Like, like, like just... if you did a Let's Play of this, I would probably watch the whole thing. Like, if you did a Let's Play of the whole game, like, I would totally be <laughs> down with that. <laughs> well, I mean... I could maybe do that, but because by the time this comes out, I'm I'm going to be a dad and won't be able to play it anyways. So. You're not going to even have time to watch him. Play. Shh, I'll have plenty of time to watch him, it, no matter what time, day or night. It, 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 I mean, I may fall asleep in the middle of it, but you just got to take advantage of using uh, uh, headphones while you're holding the baby slash feeding the baby. You got. You gotta 3D print yourself some jigs to feed the baby while you're playing PlayStation. It's like a it's like a headphone like chin like bottle holder. Yes. Yeah. So that you, so that I can hold the controller and position my arms in a way and just kinda jut my head down to like prop uh-huh. prop the bottle up in front of the baby's mouth. Yeah, hold it at the right angle to get the right yeah, for sure. But anyway, that's the trailer's not loading, sadly. But um It is very cool. I would recommend checking it out if you're interested at all. Um I'm I'm but trying to it, not get hyped for this game now that I don't have a PlayStation anymore. That's fair. I'm going to rehype myself when you know PS5 comes out and I can get one of those and then play it. Or that just wait sense. for it to pop on PlayStation Now and you can just rent. I'm not, spend, I, no, no, spend I'm not going to PS Now and pixelated laggy <laughs> garbage. Not playing Last of Us Two that way. Plus, that'll be like. A year and a half from now, yeah, before they put yeah. it up on there for, I'll just get a PS5. I know they're gonna put a New Horizon game on there, and I'm gonna have to play that. So that's fair. Right on. All right. So next up, enough. Last. I have of us. a bunch of yeah. I have a bunch of Xbox news. Uh, there was a story that Polygon ran on May 1st, saying the Xbox Series X launch is on schedule, but the next gen games may be delayed by the pandemic. This is mostly based off of comments that Phil Spencer made saying that they've experienced some delays and things with the console production and hardware stuff, but they feel like they're still on track for what they need to do, but um, they don't really know exactly how much the game production has been impacted by a lot of the stuff. I assume they have an idea about like Halo Infinite and other things, but um, you know, we'll have to see. Yeah, I, th- that- I think we'll see a lot of... Um- we're going to see a lot of like the bigger games take a backseat, but I bet there will be a whole bunch of indies come out. Yeah, I mean, if they're smart, that that was the way that like Sony had kind of weathered the beginning of PlayStation 4 uh, kind of drought going on. They supported a lot of indies. So the other thing that came out um, was that they are still 
they revealed the boot screen on inside Xbox, which is, uh, I didn't even watch that because whatever, who cares? But um, <laughs> they're <laughs> they are going to hold a July event for their like first party games that are coming. Well, you're going to want to um, watch this boot screen so you can hear the sound for the next time we play the game where we have to guess the boot sounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll, I'll check it out at some point, but um, no, it, you know, so that's cool that they're going to be showing off more of their games in July. They showed off a bunch of other stuff this week, which is going to come up shortly here. But um, uh, they did talk more about smart delivery, which is the idea that when you buy an Xbox One version of a game, then you will get the upgrade to the Series X version free of charge. And that looks very widespread uh, with a lot of the stuff that they showed off this week, too. I, I think... Part of that too, I could be wrong. Is that it? Your it'll automatically like recognize which console you're downloading from and download the right version, not yeah. like the enhanced version and not you know the regular Xbox One version. That's what makes it smart. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and the delivery program. Oh, okay. It's going to deliver it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In an intelligent manner. Yes. So. This past Thursday, there was a big... They called it a gameplay reveal. Uh, I beg to mostly differ. So does the majority of the internet. <laughs> it is in-game graphics. Like It's the same graphics as the gameplay, but it doesn't really show any gameplay. It's the same graphics on a dev kit of the gameplay. <laughs> so yeah, it's whatever. It was, but, it was, uh, there are cool looking things in it. It's worth watching just yeah, to see well, neat graphics. I mean, people were mostly pissed about the Assassin's Creed Valhalla release that they did for this event because it was all the way at the very end of the event for one. And it showed like zero actual gameplay other than like a couple of like pillaging scenes supposedly or something to that effect. It was not, it was not gameplay. Footage. It's a bit misleading. Um, yeah. yeah. In this list though. That bright memory infinite game that pops up in the second is the second game that yeah. looks awesome. If that game looks like that uh, when you actually play it, I like, thought that I'm, was the first game that that's they the first showed. one they showed. These are all out of order, but like that's we're, yeah, yeah, we're looking at a Verge article that has uh, <laughs> this. This, has this looks amazing. It was like, developed by a single developer somehow. That's what it says. My understanding is that Bright Memory is available now on Steam, and uh, you will get Bright Memory Infinite when it comes out. Uh, Interesting. At some point, which but this is weird, this looks ridiculous. Like if if this game if it looks like this, like the graphics look like that with all the ray tracing awesomeness going on, that's extremely exciting because it is beautiful. Um, yeah. Very cool looking game. Uh, the next one on the list. Uh, is Call of Sea, first-person adventure puzzle game. Um, here on The Verge, they're saying, it says, think serious Firewatch vibes here with even more impressive-looking scenery. Um, this is pretty cool-looking. A lot of these trailers were cool-looking. Uh, the games are... They are what they are. I wasn't, like, super pumped on the majority of them, but they're, like like I said, that Bright Memory game looks awesome. Um, there's another game called Scorn that looked really cool. Second Extinction looks okay. The Ascent looks okay. The Medium looked really interesting. Um, I'm super pumped for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. I was talking about that in our chat. Uh, I love the Vampire 
the Masquerade universe, and Bloodlines was one of my favorite games back in the day. And Zach, I need to track down my uh, my copy of it, but I want to play the original on my new system because apparently Zach said it holds up, which is cool. And That's cool. Yeah. Um, got a new Yakuza game coming out, which is pretty sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. This all, like, the, it, it wasn't, they didn't show as much as I was thinking they were going to show, and, like, there was zero, obviously, they're not going to show, like, Cyberpunk or anything like that, but this is all really cool that they're starting to show some more of the, the games and, and the people that are putting stuff out, so. Well, and they didn't necessarily even say what of these is going to be launched, and, like, this is all probably, like, launch window or in the next year or so, right. which is fine. You know, that's just kind of how it goes, especially with the current situation that the world is in. But, um, you know, a lot of a lot of cool indications of where they're going with this gen, and, and you know, they showed off Madden 21, which is funny because they very notably were like, this does not. They, I don't. They didn't say it, but it didn't have the smart delivery icon on it like all the other trailers did. Because <laughs> uh, they're like, guess what? Uh, we're not going to give you the new one if you. Uh, no, it says it right it here. On. Does it, it really? They. It says EA hasn't pledged to support smart delivery at this time, but it did announce that owners of the Xbox One version of Madden NFL 21 would get the Xbox Series X okay. version of the game for free. Probably because it's well, coming out so close to the launch, you know, like they're just going to do it anyways to like be a team player. I don't uh-huh. know. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder why the why the distinction. Because <laughs> it's, I bet you they they give you the Xbox One version with like lower graphics, and you have to go out and buy like the Xbox One, <laughs> like the 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 Series X version to get like the better ray tra- the ray tracing football game graphics that you <laughs> so desire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I but did anyway. make that comment when I was talking about this in the chat that like the Madden games have come so far graphically, like they are actually kind of impressive to see uh just just to look at. Like Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Like I would watch a watch a montage moving from like, you know, John Madden on the Sega Genesis all the way up to Madden 21. That's what they did. Like, oh man. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. I didn't watch it. What I really want anyway. is for them to actually get that Frank, Frank Caliendo guy to come on and do his John Madden impression for all the voiceover. There you go. <laughs> Cause that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, lots of new games coming for Xbox. Sounds like we're going to hear more in July, which is exciting. Uh, at least in terms of first party. Yeah. Stuff. There were a lot of them in there that looked really interesting to me that I had never heard of before. Like, uh, chorus and the medium and yeah one of the cool things that they showed about the medium is like the idea that they are using because they have this ssd technology you're kind of able to do this um like they can kind of layer a world over another world or like instantly transport you to like a dark version of the same world nice and it just looked really cool they had some really cool effects that they were applying there so um yeah no it looks cool the other thing is i don't even necessarily think like a lot of these are xbox exclusive even necessarily but um unless i missed something where they said that i mean obviously madden isn't no yeah and and same with assassin's creed but i think you know scorn it's cool that one looked good cool to see uh cool to see all the new games have somebody talking about all the new games and uh you know, interesting to me that Yakuza Seven. This is Yakuza like a dragon. Dragon is Yakuza Seven, and it seems like they're doing a 
Uh, this is kind of a confirmation of like a split console release, but it's going to be coming out so much later that I don't know. Like, I assume the English version will be Xbox and yeah. So they said Xbox One and Xbox Series X of the game. So you have cross save functionality between those two in this game, particularly. Um, so it's cool that they're kind of doing a cross console release for that one. Um, I don't know if they had an actual date on it yet either, which would be interesting I, to know. I think I forgot to mention, I did actually try to play Yakuza. I, I tried to play Yakuza 0 like a few weeks ago. And How'd that go? I uninstalled it. <laughs> it's a pretty weird game. <laughs> it, it, I was like, it was kind of intriguing to me. Like, I'm sure the yeah. story is really good, but like, I don't like sitting there watching the story as much as I was already doing in the first, you know, like I played maybe five minutes in the first 30 minutes. I was playing that game. I felt like, Mm -hmm. and well, like I said, well, I found the story interesting and I think it probably goes interesting places, especially since there's like six or seven games or whatever. Um, It's just, yeah, there's not like the gameplay part. Like when, it teaches you how to beat somebody up in an alley or a bunch of people. And I was like, this isn't yeah. fun. It like it, the fighting mechanics are really boring. It's very, it's very button mashy beat them up. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of like, but yeah. less depth than streets of rage. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe so, they get better. I just assume it's, mo- it's mostly narrative based and like it's the actual gameplay set up to be so simple because you're mainly just like, trying to get to the next part of the story like you want to see the next plot point yeah the interesting thing about yakuza like a dragon is that it is a turn-based rpg rather than beat them up like the other that's cool because the main player is a huge dragon quest fan is basically the (laughs) the, that's uh, funny rationalization for for that so I've heard interesting things about it i'm i'm pretty intrigued i mean i I could always start there too because it's a new character, new storyline. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Maybe I'll sure. give it a try. Yep. All right. Cool. Next up, uh, let's talk about Jeff Keeley. We love Jeff Keeley, the Dorito Pope himself. Yes. <laughs> uh, GamesIndustry.biz is reporting that Jeff Keeley's Summer Game Fest is his latest push to rally the industry uh, for several weeks from May through August. He's going to be trying to basically schedule and serve as a hub for a lot of the bigger players in video games to make announcements that they would at an E3 type thing, which isn't going to happen this year. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> um, He's got, there's a trailer in this uh, article. If you want to play that while we talk about it. Yeah, we can do that if it'll play because apparently my internet is dying right now. Um, or YouTube is dying. I don't know. YouTube's working fine for me, dude. It must be your end. Yeah, it could also be the fact that I have like seven megabytes of RAM in this computer since it died. (laughs) But anyway. uh, Yeah, so he has this like schedule laid out basically for a bunch of the big players to come and and give announcements. Uh, Companies like 2K, Activision, Bandai, Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt, Red, Digital Extremes, Electronic Arts, Microsoft, Sony, Square Enix, Private Division, Riot Games, Steam, and Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment are all confirmed. uh, And they're expected to have more people join in. 
in the coming weeks. Nintendo is notably absent from that list, uh, as they usually are for a lot of these things. Let me try and load this on a separate page. Um, but anyway, it seems like a good way for them to organize the way the information is going to come out and especially help some of the smaller game studios still get a good amount of press for their games. Um, you know, even though E3 isn't necessarily happening this for year. For sure. No, I wonder like how he's going to format this. Cause I mean, obviously it's taking place over the next like four months or whatever, you know, is he going to like take one of these big wig players and then put their stuff alongside a bunch of the smaller indie guys or like, how is that going to work? Or is it only going to be focused on the big ones? Like, It'd be interesting to see how it all plays out, but in the trailer they, they would, show off a bunch of stuff like the new like uh, Hellblade two, and you know uh, they're showing off Cyberpunk and they're showing off um, I can't remember I just watched the damn thing too, but it, it, there's a there's a bunch of games they're going to be showing off a lot of which we already know about and, and are expecting, but it's a uh, you know it it's cool to see somebody who I mean obviously like he knows like all these games fests that were supposed to happen aren't going to happen now, but to have somebody who like has been doing the, the live stream thing for a long time now uh, through the game awards to be able to like set up his own thing to work really well, to talk about these games and help like the community just kind of build off of this particular event that we're all living through. So, yeah. So if you go to summergamefest.com, they've got that trailer and they have a brief schedule right now of what's on there. They had this past week's um, Inside Xbox where they revealed a bunch of gameplay that we just discussed. And it looks like there's some sort of surprise coming. It says, join Jeff Keighley for a surprise game reveal. And it says sunrise number one, but I don't know if it's supposed to say surprise or sunrise. Uh, that's coming on May 12th at 12 p.m. Eastern. But they have this thing you can kind of click through it. Steam Game Festival Summer Edition is going to be starting June 9th through June 14th. Looks like they're going to show off some of the stuff that's on sale, maybe. I don't know. There's a Cyberpunk event that's scheduled for June 11th. Yes! And I'm so excited. Also, EA, EA Play Live is scheduled for June 11th as well, which is their normal, uh, usual E3 slate of announcements that they do. In July, the only thing on the calendar at the moment is TennoCon, which is the uh, Warframe convention that normally happens in July. Hmm. Um, they're going to be doing some type of announcements there. And then in August, uh, they have like a game, Gamescom. Uh, Gamescom, instead of doing their live event, they're going to be doing some type of online stuff. And it looks like he's going to be hosting the opening, hosting the opening night of, of that. So cool. Very cool. Glad that some of these big events are still going to have some way to happen, and you know, cool to to have him organizing the uh, kind of the flow of information and in some type of fun. Like, here's your weekly, like here's your big game announcements this week. So, it's a nice looking site too. Yeah, it's pretty well put together. I hate the font, but I like everything else. <laughs> it's fair. You're so fontist. <laughs> Typist. Uh, <laughs> so, next up, uh, Brian, you posted this article about the Doom Eternal soundtrack being a train wreck from Kotaku.com. Yeah, per usual, I'm not sure I read the whole article, but... <laughs> yeah, so, basically, like, there's been a lot of complaints coming out about, uh, like, people 
opening up Doom soundtrack, Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal soundtrack in uh, Audacity. This There's a Twitter person named that ACDC guy who compared two of the games. Um, and you can kind of see that it's been massively clipped and like compressed compared to the 2016 game. Mm-hmm. And it kind of started this whole discussion between Mick Gordon, who I think did a bunch of the music for 2016 and some of the music for Eternal, uh, and kind of people from not only Mick Gordon, but then also a bunch of people from like id pointing fingers at each other as to what exactly happened and what went on. And, uh, it even went so far as to like, I think it released kind of statements that were like, here's what happened on this day with these people. And this happened on that day with these people and things of that Mm -hmm. nature. But, um, yeah, I, I, it, it, it sounds like a total mess. It's really shitty that these people are just trying to like throw each other under the bus about all of it. And like, I think one of the interesting things that they brought up on the giant bomb cast about this one is the idea that like the, when you talk about the soundtrack to this doom game, like there's the song that's playing in the level at any given time. Right. But then there's things that dynamically happen to it when you're actually playing the game, like when you're fighting enemies as opposed to just like standing around or hunting for secrets, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. And so it's not like it's just copying a bunch of MP3s and putting them into a soundtrack and like, you know, it's, it's not the way that you would traditionally think of like a soundtrack for like a movie or even older video games would work. It's much more dynamic than that. So, um, it just kind of seems like, so it's like a 59 track original soundtrack and that's a lot of music and it seems like a lot of work that, the one person Mick Gordon didn't necessarily all complete himself and didn't mix all himself. Um, and so it just is a major bummer that, you know, I don't necessarily care about the doom soundtrack that much. It's a lot of fun for what it was in 2016. I don't know how eternal compares what your thoughts are. It's pretty great. (laughs) It's like a big part of the whole feel of that game. Like it wouldn't be the same without it. So, but did you notice anything when you were playing well, through the new one? Here's the thing. From what I understand, like, from what I did read in the article, this is the soundtrack that's released that you can listen to outside of the game. That's what they're talking yeah. about as far as how okay. the mixing is. Like, it seems fine in-game. Okay. All right. So, at least in-game, it's not necessarily affected, but, like, people do really enjoy these Doom soundtracks. Yes, They go out of their exactly. way to, like, buy the CD release or the digital album, that type of thing. Um, and so, it sounds like, I think Marty Stratton from id is one of the lead producers who came out with, like, the long statement kind of outlining what id, how id felt about it and why, like, Mick Gordon isn't the entirety of who was in control of what happened with the music on the soundtrack side. So, yeah, I guess basically what it said ultimately too, was that, uh, he just, he had a deadline for what he was supposed to do and didn't meet it. So then they put the work on somebody else and they finished. Yeah. So who, 
who had to like rush and basically be like, all right, like, yeah, that's 59 pieces of music that had to be put together in some type of way where, well, like what I'm talking about, like, yeah, fading into the more extreme part where you're fighting things and then fading out of that into whatever other parts like it's video game soundtracks aren't as straightforward as they used to be it seems like and this sounds like no exception to that so it's all very unfortunate i just i feel like it's a large it's largely just it just happened due to circumstance or like misunderstandings whatever but ultimately it is going like i don't think anyone here is like the real bad guy in this scenario. Like, I don't think anyone was trying to screw anyone else over intentionally. Yeah. It's just things didn't work out. And now Mick Gordon and it are not going to work together on the next game. And that's the the bummer for the fans. Yeah. Well, I think part of that problem was the fans were the ones who were saying that like, Oh, Mick Gordon should have known better or something than to do this kind of crap. And Mick Gordon was like, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> like, yeah, they tried to put it on him. And, and he was like, it wasn't me. And then, but he didn't, you're only seeing his side of the story. And then Id's like, well, he wasn't meeting deadlines. So we had to do something because that the, the biggest thing a developer, like the last thing developers want to deal with is like having to delay things and have the audience of that thing be pissed off at them because they have to keep pushing it off. And if it's literally down to one person, and the rest mm-hmm. of the team is ready to hit go, they're going to get rid of that one person. Like they, they cut yeah. the tie that they needed to cut in order to get the product out that they needed to get out in time. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even doubt like whoever mixes stuff probably isn't terrible at mixing either. They just automated a lot of it to get it done as quick as they needed to get it done. I'm curious, like what format was that audacity file that they showed? Like, I mean, if it's, some kind of mp3 or anything of that sort it's going to be super compressed and bullshit but if it's like a high quality like flack or you know wave file it won't it won't be as compressed that acdc guy is very clear on his audacity dealing yeah i have no idea but hopefully like i would assume that this is him comparing like the mp3s that he got from amazon.com or something like that but who knows really i don't yeah, know I mean, if i can trust his opinion if he's so into acdc but let's not get into that <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yes. We can talk about Metallica like we were in our uh, <laughs> in our Discord, but anyway. Um yeah, it's it's hard to say. I don't know. Like it looks like right here 16-bit PCM 44,000 hertz. Like I don't I would assume uh okay, and then this other track is at 48,000 hertz with a 32-bit float. So who knows? Maybe they're not even necessarily equivalent, but but even still, like your sources, like sources are going to have a huge differentiate. Brian's dying. Um, uh, sources <laughs> are going to differentiate the the quality and the compression between them. You know, like for sure, for sure. There's a lot of variables here, I'm sure. But I mean, that's the thing. If there were enough people complaining about it, there must actually be an issue there, right? What's like, the it, issue? It, like, what average consumer is going to go? Like this guy. This guy is just one of those people who he's just one of those people who's going to like try to find something to be mad about because he has to be mad about shit all the time. Like that's the way that's what this seems to me. Like I'm not going to disparage that ACDC guy, but I honestly I don't think like this wouldn't have blown up into a thing like this if there wasn't some truth to the fact that there's a difference between the Sure, but the average consumer isn't going to be able to hear or know the difference when they're listening on their fucking Beats headphones. Like that's 
Probably not. Because be- beats Probably have a not. built-in EQ, and they compress the shit in a whole different way compared to everything else. Uh, Marquez Brownlee has a great video about why beats are kind of useless, if you want to go watch it. Uh, They're overpriced, that's for sure. But, yeah, unless you get them for free with your iPad, because Apple owns beats now. But, anyways, <laughs> like, they... This is this this should be an entirely different podcast. Yeah, uh, for hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Let's move on to the next news. Anyways, this is your fault, it's, Brian. It's not Sorry. Bethesda or ID Software's fault. <laughs> Don't blame them. They just had to get their shit out think, on time. I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of blame to take on this, and they should all be ashamed of themselves. Everyone is to blame, even us. Yep. I'm sorry. We, we need to get like a, a soundboard shame bell from Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's, that's Jeff Goldblum that's, that's laughing. That's the Jeff at Goldblum him. shame laugh. <laughs> yes. He's laughing at whoever we We just we just need a, like a shame at. ding ding. Like we just need that like one one bell ding <laughs> or two bell dings and that's it. Can we move on before I piss myself? Please. Yeah, yeah just fine. piss yourself. Mortal Kombat 11 is getting more story mode and also RoboCop. In uh, in another set of DLC that is coming later this month, I believe. Murphy, my thing is completely frozen here, so I'm sorry. Yeah, Murphy um, doesn't move much. But it's called Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. They put out a trailer for it that kind of ruins the end of the game. So hopefully uh, you haven't waited to play it if you wanted to see that. Um, but it sounds like there's a few other favorites returning, including Fujin and Shiva, which is cool. But also, yes, RoboCop. I don't know if he's voiced by, uh, if he's actually, like, Peter Weller. voiced by Peter, Peter Weller. Weller. He should be, but it, I don't know. There's some caption under that photo um, of RoboCop up top, or video. It says something about Peter Weller. Yes, featuring the voice of Peter Weller. Thank you. Oh, sweet. So that's yes. Awesome. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Mur- so, Murphy. Very cool. I uh, so I originally rented the game. I'm honestly thinking about picking it up. So they. Oh, have I thought you bought digital... it, but that makes more sense now. Why you were questioning buying it again? Yeah, because yeah, you're no, waiting no, for the I... aftermath collection. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Well, that's when you buy honestly, it. Honestly, like that's that's well the thing here's here's the real problem here is that there's no idea whether or not I like the from the character list that leaked for DLC. It seems like there's a second combat pass that's going to come out. So, will there be a version of this game in 2021 that has everything for $60? Mortal Kombat Probably. 11 Aftermath 2. Ultimate <laughs> Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate Aftermath Ultimate Collection. Featuring yes. Red Foreman's character from RoboCop. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> Cl- Clarence Boddicker, thank you very much. Oh, he has a name. Um, he does have a name. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so if you bought the original game that was $60 and then there was a uh, uh, the combat pass which I think was probably at least 30 maybe $40 that's 100 bucks that you spent so this aftermath thing is another $40 on top of that and then if they do another combat pass you'd be spending destiny money on Mortal Kombat oh shame um, ding ding shame <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey you know what I didn't play the last two weeks What'd you play? Not no, no, don't even. Don't, we uh, we already talked about it. It's too late. You didn't play Destiny. That's good. Congratulations. You should keep that up. Um, but yeah. Anyway, it's cool that the, this is the first time they're doing story DLC for a Mortal Kombat game. Mm. So that's what has me more intrigued with it. 
They're also putting friendships in the game. I don't Ugh, know if you guys are those watching are dumb. this. Uh, yeah, those are. Really, I don't know. This, uh, this it looks really cool. Looks though. pretty sweet. Yeah, they look really nice. Is the thing. <laughs> All right, fine. We can get be, over here. And we can have friendship. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I might, I might pick it up. It sounds like they are offering right now digitally. You can pick up the uh, original game plus the combat pass and aftermath for sixty dollars right now. Um. So that's really cool, but I'm excited for it. I will probably end up doing that because I like Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo has sold 13.41 million copies of Animal Crossing New Horizon over six weeks. The most successful is... pandemic release of all time. <laughs> right? They couldn't have picked a better time. Maybe they engineered this whole thing. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. Now, now, that's like, a I whole other podcast, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. But there was a uh, sales chart that compared it to previous previous Animal Crossing releases. Um, that was really, really incredible. Um, they've announced that they already have sold their lifetime projections for what they thought it was going to. That's sell. ridiculous. <laughs> so. That's insane, but basically, like, this game has currently sold more than the lifetime of any other Animal Crossing game. Wow. Uh, which is which is nuts, and congratulations to them, because I think it's great. I know John doesn't necessarily agree. Yeah. It, it uh, seems always, like a lot of... Yeah, whatever. I always think to myself, like, ah, uh, maybe I should play Animal Crossing, and then I pick up my Switch and promptly put it back down. <laughs> Well, thanks for buying it anyway. Nintendo's laughing all the way. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's crazy. And uh, this co- uh, the Polygon article says that the vast majority of those 13 million sales, so 11.77 million, came in the first 11 days from the game's March 20th debut through March 30th. That's so insane. Cool. About a million copies a day. That's great. Yeah, that's uh, that's nuts. Congratulations to them. Like, they've only sold 17.37 million copies of Pokemon Sword and Shield since November 15th when it came out. So, like, the fact that Animal Crossing is pretty hot on the tails of that already is nuts. Congratulations, You know, the funny thing is they probably would have sold more copies if more Nintendo Switches were available. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Like, if it was easy for me to have gotten a Switch Lite when I was like, I should get a Switch Lite, <laughs> I probably would have sold another copy, but... Yep. Uh, Where's that Ring Fit Adventure? I'm still waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, last, and maybe least, uh, some Valorant news. Brian, you posted this one. So there was a pretty strict anti-cheat on the game Valorant, which is um, uh, Riot's... Counter Strike Fortnite game, basically, something like that. Um, and <laughs> so this this article on Polygon, the title is "Valorant's Anti Cheat Won't Automatically Shut Down Your Keyboard and Mouse Anymore." So it's called Vanguard. Um, basically, like from what I understand, the the anti cheat needs to be running from the last time you started up for your com- from your computer to be able to run Valorant. Uh, and they've enabled now that you don't need to have it running all of the time, but it also means you need to do a fresh restart with it activated in order to boot up the game. 
That's my understanding. <laughs> yeah. Which is nuts. But um it looks like they like it was stepping on some questionable drivers for uh not even necessarily questionable drivers, but drivers that it thought was suspicious for certain mice and keyboards and things like and that. Even cooling, cooling fans. fans, awesome. I just read that. <laughs> yeah, cuz yeah. uh I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh it Vanguard has kernel access to your entire computer (laughs) of course it does also so it's owned partially by the chinese government (laughs) i'm not gonna buy into all of that you know being that's an issue no 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 i'm just saying like i don't think that necessarily means that you know it's the chinese government trying to hack your computer to do nefarious things with everybody. But do I want (laughs) to install a game that probably isn't worth my while anyways, just to have all that happen to my computer? No, I don't want any program to do that to my computer to have access to shutting my keyboard and mouse down is ridiculous. Yeah, that's total insanity and cooling, cooling fans is insane. Yeah. That's probably the most insane part of it. Like they could fry your computer just for fun. Not even for fun, because somebody's finger slipped, or like they didn't do their due diligence to figure out what it should be allowing and not allowing. Yeah, I would rather deal with cheaters than deal with a software solution like this. Well, and all right, on the flip side of the coin, if you're the kind of person who's hacking your fan drivers to cheat at Valorant, get a fucking life. (laughs) Seriously. Like, what in the world are you doing? Yeah. That's that's insanity to me, but yeah, I think that's it for news. Cool. Cool. I think that's it for this episode. I don't even know what we're going to talk about next time. We'll, f- we'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure something out, I'm sure. Um, I can, I'll take a look at the, I might talk about, well, no, the Mortal Kombat <laughs> stuff won't be out by then. What, what, what are you is coming at? out? Is there anything coming out soon? Let's take a look at the Wikipedia article that I pull up at the end of every episode, but never have it loaded to talk about in a reasonable amount of time. Um, so today's the 10th. Star Wars Episode One Racer comes out on the Switch yes. next week. So that's some good news. If it's like 10 bucks, I'll get it. Uh, I, I would hope that's the most it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I'd prefer less, but... Um, no, I don't think there's anything crazy coming out this month. So we might just have to come up with something fun to talk about next uh, next episode. But we'll figure something mm-hmm. out. We'll let people know. Come talk to us in our Discord and let us know what you think we should talk about next I time. feel like we need to do a lot of bonus episodes, too. We owe that to our patrons. We do owe that to our patrons. Um, I don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but we will. we'll figure something out. We will figure. I I need to I need to get the the boys on the horn for some Resident Evil and also some uh, Final Fantasy VII spoiler chat. Which um, now that Westworld is wrapping up, I should I should be able to do. But sounds good. We will figure that out. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was like looking <laughs> up to see if I could find a list of other things that are coming out, but I really can't. So. Anyways, uh, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch a show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. 
The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month to help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreons. We've got shows about Westworld and The Alienist, and you can go back and probably listen to all the Midwest Film Nerds podcast episodes that you want to. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got Horror Movie Yearbook, and those guys are great, and they just celebrated their 100th episode, which is coming out shortly here. So, uh, you know, if you want to have an opportunity to speak with us directly via our Discord, you can do so through the Patreon. And as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. So, uh, yeah, be sure those rates and reviews are super helpful for us as a podcast. Please do that, definitely. And uh, if you have uh, your your Twitch Prime subscription that you want to give away for free, uh, you can do that for us. That would be sweet. We'd appreciate that as well. Uh, other than that, uh, thanks again for listening and everybody in the Discord. Uh, we appreciate all you guys, especially Jason K and Gojo. You guys are great. And uh, thanks again to everybody in the Twitch chat who talked to us. Looks like it was mostly just Zach today, but that's okay. We- yeah, Zach, thanks for yeah. joining us. And yeah, he said we could talk about Siege, which we have done. And then he also said that if Brian ever plays Sins of a Solar Empire with me, uh, yeah. Brian has offered to do that right after. It looks like there are a couple users in the chat, too. Um, so thanks again to those guys for, for being there lurking, at least. We do appreciate that as well. Yeah. So uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.